Are you going to mention that you almost burned down your apartment yesterday or last week after you said that you wouldn't? Is that how you want to start it? Yes. I, you thought I would forget. I was hoping you would forget. Last week, after Brady said that he would be least likely to burn the house down, he left his burner on his stove running for hours. It was on for like six hours. And <gasps> what's worse was I took a nap. Oh, my God. And didn't realize. Six hours is a really long time, yeah, babe. I, I got up from my nap and went to get a drink from the kitchen and could not figure out why it was so warm <laughs> in the apartment. <laughs> Welcome back to Tremendous, a podcast about plants. I'm Kat, the local plant lady. I'm Brady, the IT guy. You need a new one. Yes, but I didn't fuck up that time. I know. I didn't speak it was over so you. so good. We made co- constant eye contact, and I just, I waited my turn. <laughs> I th- yeah, no, we did good. If I need a new one, you got to help me think of it. What do you want to be? I'm fine with IT guy. Can you be the handsome IT guy? I could be the handsome IT That's guy. That's your role, really. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Tremendous. I'm Brady, the handsome IT guy. There we go. Does that sound better? Yeah, I like it way All better. Right. What are we talking about this week? Alcohol. Alcohol. Liquor made Liquor. from plants. Liquor made from plants. And we're both drinking right now. Well, one of us is drinking. You're drinking? Yeah, that's the one of us that's drinking. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take a drink to that. Oh, I don't have enough ice cubes to make noise. We, yeah, we shouldn't click the microphone either. What mm-hmm. I meant was I'm drinking alcohol and you have juice and fruit with a, with a, a hint of tequila in it. No, there's more tequila than there is juice in this. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. I've just got pure Hennessy. It's very strong. When I think of Hennessy, I just think of Twitter memes. I think of rap videos. Yeah. I don't even know what Hennessy is. Made Which is of. why I hesitated saying it, because I could just like picture people memeing about it, and I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But when this runs up, I'll get up and get some whiskey or something. What is Hennessy? Is it a whiskey or a rum? It's a cognac. Oh fuck, I don't know. But that doesn't help me either. Like I don't yeah. know what what else that means. Okay, let's get to it though. All right, where do you want to start? We're gonna start. We're gonna talk about tequila. <laughs> All right, tequila is your favorite. Well, if I had to pick, I'd drink beer, but tequila's up there. It's good. Of the hard alcohols, I'd say tequila is your favorite. I think it's the one that I can handle. And by handle, I don't mean, I mean, I can handle taking two shots of it and be okay. Is there any left? Yes, there is. Okay, we might have to put that to the test. Okay. (laughs) I mean, last week we went out to dinner and we had to go on a long walk after because I drank too much. Yeah, you had to come down. Yep. We had to walk for like an hour. It took an extra hour before we could go home. It's okay. It was a nice walk. What do you think tequila is made out of? I'm going to be a shithead and assume it's a plant. Yes. But I like I don't even know enough. I, I don't know enough about alcohol to begin with. And I know even less about plants to even try to make a guess. So I'm just going to go out on a limb. No, I can't even do that. Where's tequila from? Isn't it from Mexico? Yeah. It's made out of agave. See, I wouldn't have got that. Do you know what agave looks like? No, I don't even know what it is. You, you said Mexico, and I was like, avocados, palm trees, no. cilantro? <laughs> no. Agave is like a succulent. It kind of looks like aloe vera, but like more tightly compact. 
And the one that tequila is made out of, it's actually called agave tequilaane, which is just the blue agave. And um, they grow 500 uh, feet above sea level. And their leaves can get as big as people. Oh, that's pretty big. Can they only grow like a minimum of 500 feet above sea level? No, I think that's just naturally where they grow. Okay. But like if it was planted lower than that, it could still. Yeah, it'd be fine. So what's the the process for turning that into tequila? It's about the root. What they do is they, um, I think, hold on. You heat up the bulb. So it has like a bulbous root system. And then the syrup or the sap that comes out of the bulb when you heat it up can be fermented. And that's how you make tequila. What's the typical time frame? I have no idea. We should have looked that up. I know. Let's put the show on pause and look it up. Okay. So we Googled it and it says it takes at least 8 to 20 years to make a bottle of tequila. That's insane. I think they're referring to the beginning of growing the plant. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. That's probably a safe assumption. Yeah. But like if from your plant knowledge, how long would it take for that plant to grow? A while. A few years. A few years. So it's at least four years just for the alcohol process. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. It's I never think about it like that, but. Just to get the bottle of tequila tequila and god it's already hit me the bottle of tequila in your kitchen it took so many years to just harvest that it's not that surprising though all the best alcohol is aged well like we're going to talk about this later in wine but i it just surprises me um i have some other interesting uh blue agave facts oh i'd love to hear them okay if i can pronounce this right the blue agave is a semella parody no hold on I googled it how to say it before. Just give it a try. Semel parody. All right, now let me see it. I'm written red pen. That was a mistake. Semel parody. Yes, that's it. It's a semel parody, and that is a species that has a single reproductive event, meaning it spends its whole life for one to produce one flower to be fertilized. So is that all it can produce? Is the one flower? Yep. So it produces flower, it gets fertilized or pollinated or not, and then it dies. But in the process of it dying, it puts out pups, which is like basically little baby plants on the side that will live on. And then grow their own flowers? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask then how many plants you would need to get an eight-year bottle of tequila. But it sounds like that one plant will eventually do it all. Like that could be why it takes years to get Mm -hmm. to that point. Mm -hmm. And... Can you guess what type of pollinator attracts is attracted to that one flower? Now, when you say what kind of pollinator, are you like looking for me to say an animal? Yeah. Is it a bee? No. Is it a moth? No. Am I anywhere close with either of those guesses? Well, those are all pollinators. But am I close? No. It's a pollinator that you don't realize that's a pollinator. And it's my favorite. Because it's so surprising. Uh, I was going to say that I'm never going to get it. And then you said it's your favorite. And now I have to get it. <laughs> no, it's okay. Is it, it a don't. dragonfly? No, 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 no. Is it a bat? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. I did, okay, so. <laughs> you like how I got you to there? Yeah, it, it was perfect. You knew exactly what to do. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that bats are pollinators? So 
things can be pollinated at night. Yes, exactly. So the sun is just bullshit. No, we need it for the heat. Photosynthesis is a lie. No, it's things not. Things can be done at night. Yes, but... Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know where I was going to go with that. But isn't that... You never think about bats being a pollinator. And I also learned this this week that there's actually like a really large threat to bats. And that can really... And they play such an important part of our ecosystem. Yeah, I never would have guessed bats were a pollinator. I also would not have guessed that you're favorite. They're my favorite pollinator because they're surprising as a pollinator. What would like your backup favorite pollinator be? Good old bumble. No, flies are pollinators too. You know what's weird is flies are more annoying than bees even though they're harmless. I know. Do you know that mouse are pollinators as well? I know. What do they pollinate? I can't remember. Someone told me and I can't remember what it was. Basically anything that like nuzzles into a plant and then comes out. They pollinate French cuisine. <laughs> Is that a, a they, ratatouille reference? Yeah, they run the kitchens of all the best oh restaurants. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, back to... So, the one one of the threats to bats is they have this, like, white nose fungus, I believe it's called. And so, like, they literally have a fungus that grows on their nose and then, like, bat can't stick their nose into things. And then they die. They can't fight off this fungus where does this fungus come from who's so, who's killing my bats i know so i believe that i read that um it happens when they're like not dormancy what is it called hibernating mm-hmm. and so they don't have they're weak and they can then they get attacked by this fungus and then by the time they're out of hibernation it's just too late it's just hard for them to fight it damn so we have these really big agave plants that have one flower in their lifetime, which is really cool. Yeah. And then it takes this one specific bat to pollinate it to have more agave plants later on. And to get to tequila, we have to boil the root and then like whatever, like do the fermentation process. And that's how we get tequila. Tequila just got about 10 times cooler. Right? That's why I was mind. like, I'm drinking tequila today. I messed up. And I was trying to look for like like a, an origin date for tequila and they couldn't really pin it down on anything because they know that the Aztecs used to use the agave plant for many things. They would use it to rub it on their skin because it's very healing, kind of like an aloe. They would eat it and they would use it for other things. So they also mentioned that they also made a drink with it that was similar to tequilas, but not exact. So that's kind of where the origin comes from. So tequila goes all the way back. Yeah. Would it be... No, I guess it wouldn't be the oldest alcohol. Because I bet there's... People have been drinking for a long yeah, time. Yeah, there's stuff that predates the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. I just can't think of it. No, neither can <laughs> I. I mean, I can think of civilizations, but not any specific alcoholic drink. Have you ever seen a bottle of tequila with a worm in it? No, but I've heard of it. So I... I think people used to play it off as like it's authentic if it has a worm in it. Yeah. You want guess what kind of worm that is? I I don't even know there's more than one kind of worm. I know it's a butterfly larva. Okay, well that's a little better. I know you know is it weird how we think oh it's butterfly it's okay but if it's a worm it's gross. Yeah, because butterflies are majestic. I know. Well, I mean they were when I used to see them out and about, and then. So those little larvas used to like dig their way into the root, and that's kind of how like. 
not the folklore, but like the thing about if your bottle of tequila has a worm in it, um, you won't like it's authentic or you won't be as hungover. People even say like, oh, if you eat the worm, you won't get hungover. But really, it's just a source of protein. And so the worm just finds its way into the plant's root. Yeah, it snuggles its way in. And it doesn't die at any point of the no, distilling or fermentation oh, yeah. or the it, boiling. It does. Or well, it dies, obviously, because it's not alive mm-hmm. in the bottle. But like it doesn't get filtered out or like just it's dissolve a gimmick. away. It's kind of a gimmick. Each bottle of tequila has a little worm in it. Yeah, now that's gross now that I'm thinking about it. Remember when we bought a bottle of tequila when we were in Mexico and we did not make a dent in it at all? Yeah, it definitely had no worms in it. Yeah, no. Fucking Mexicans aren't authentic. No, I think JD was like, cheapest bottle I see. It was a big bottle. I know. And we gave it to housekeeping. I know. (laughs) So we didn't touch it. I know. Okay. Do you want to know my favorite tequila fun fact? Yeah. Justin Timberlake has his own line of tequila. I wouldn't drink it. Why not? I don't know. Anything Justin Timberlake does, I don't really feel the need to consume it. Well, I remember hearing the story of how he went down to Jalisco, the city in Mexico where they make tequila. Mm -hmm. And he went and surveyed all the tequilerias until he found the one he liked the best and then chose to partner with them. So I feel like it's less of like a marketing gimmick and it's more like he's obviously passionate about this and took the time to figure out what would be best for the product he wanted to create and sell. Okay. But I don't remember what it's called. I hope it's a thing where like he brings in a lot of money in that community. For the community? Yeah. Benefits from it. Yeah. But sorry, JT, no plugs. Mm -mm. We will not be advertising. Y'all can go look it up yourself if you want to know what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Drink break. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one, this next one. What's next? We're going to Europe. Wine? No. Oh. Absinthe. Absinthe. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's absinthe. Okay. Also known as Green Madness. Also known as, I can't think of something clever. It makes you hallucinate. That's what they say, but um, it's actually the... The plant that it's made from is called, or nicknamed wormwood. It is a perennial, and it does take over. It's aggressive, so it takes over areas that you plant it in. Does it also have worms in it? No, it doesn't. All right. I'm we'll get to it. why it's called wormwood. Yeah, please. Um, the uh, wormwood is easily, it easily spreads because of the, um, the seeding process. Like, the seeds just literally fall to the ground, and then they grow like that's literally it like it's not like it doesn't need to be knocked by some pollinator or something like that where do the seeds fall from just from the plant they just fall off the plant to the ground oh just onto the ground and then it'll sprout and then it kind of just takes over so what's the life cycle for this one uh so it count it grows early spring and in the summer and then it dies back for the fall and winter so it's a perennial it comes back every year um how long does it take to grow just a season just one season quicker yeah. than tequila to me like what i know about absinthe is like a little green fairy you start hallucinating you know it goes crazy yeah all i know about it is the story is that it makes you hallucinate if you drink too much it's actually um this one guy who was like testing out this is like back in the 1700s when they're field where they had to field test everything where they'd find a new plant 
document it. Oh, those lucky farmers. Oh, I know. I'm like so thankful that we live in a time where like everything's already been tested and like we know what not to eat, what to eat, what we can use for remedy and stuff like that. Yeah, and if you're ever confused, just Google it. Right? So back in medieval times, the um, doctors used to give wormwood to people who they thought had intestinal worms in their stomach to kill them off. And it's actually, um, it can be very toxic. So the people who have like reviewed history have said that they probably died from eating the wormwood and not from the intestinal worm. I mean, it makes sense because like they're so dumb back then. Not we're not dumb. They just didn't know. Yeah, they, what they had no way like. of knowing. Yeah. Without running tests like these. But before you got to the point where people just died and never got better, I was thinking it sounded a lot like chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Which is like a poison you put into your body to kill cancer cells, and you hope that it kills the cancer before it kills you. Yeah. But it sounds like wormwood didn't have that luck. It was just put it in your body and die. And it does, but there are some benefits to wormwood. Um, the sap repels like fleas and ticks. So if you were like foraging in the fields back in the day, you could just like rip open a leaf and rub it on you, and it protect you from those those parasites. I prefer the term frolicking in frolicking? the Frolicking? Okay. But, you know, yours is good too. <laughs> so the like the earliest dated recipe for absinthe is from 1731. This guy, he's making up a concoction or whatever, and he and he says, quote by quote, it this drink brings on a stream of consciousness unlike any uh, else in the herbal world. What was his name? I don't know. I chose not to write it down. He chose not to. Because in the thing it said that he probably stole the recipe from two ladies. Oh, fucking patriarchy. I know. I bet his name was Duke. Duke? No, it wasn't. I would have remembered that. Where in Europe is it? Somewhere in England, I believe. Michael. Michael. James. Stuart. Brady. William. He just rolled his eyes at me. (laughs) It's not <laughs> William. It, that it, sounds like it. Brady's not a common name to begin with, but especially in England. I know two people named with the name Brady. Who? Brady Valentino and Nathan Brady. One of those is a first name. One of them's a last. I name. did. I said name, not first and last name. It's a. It's an important distinction. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so how they make this absinthe? Just moving on. Boil the leaves with some sugar and fennel. And that's what the concoction is. What is fennel? Fennel seed. It's like a, like a, people would use it to cook now, like a spice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or like they put it in bread. Well, this absinthe sounds, absinthe sounds. Kind of like uh, licorice. Way simpler than tequila. Yeah, I would say, yeah, the process is much simpler. I don't think you have to ferment it. I bet that's why it's so like potent. Because you don't really have to do or check anything. You just throw it all together. You're like, well, we have alcohol now, everybody. You know, I think that was the problem with it in the beginning periods of things is that it was, it's really potent. And so people are drinking the potent stuff and that was that was what was killing them. But now there's like safety regulations for it. And that's why people don't die when they drink it now. Yeah, they expect it to be the same as, say, any other alcohol. So they drink more than they should. Yeah, in my notes, I have the word suyon, maybe. It's what's in the absinthe that kills people. And under Mm. it, I have serious problems. I can't remember why I wrote that. (laughs) Well, death is a serious problem. Yeah, right. 
It reminds me of the time I bought uh, some kind of hard alcohol. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but I drank most of a bottle by myself mm-hmm. and couldn't figure out why I felt like I was going to die yeah. until I looked at the bottle and it was 60% alcohol as oh. opposed to the usual 40%. That's horrible. Yeah. That was a long day and a half yeah. drinking and recovering. Oh, I wrote down that the absinthe had a proof of 136, whereas the average like beer is 8%. So that's why it's so intense. Yeah, but how do you convert proof to percentage? Oh, I, oh. Because I you said 10 something for the absinthe, which is obviously not 100 and something percent alcohol. I meant that it has a proof of 136 and beer has a proof of 8. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. I don't know. Should we pause the show again? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm on the pause. Okay, we're back. Okay, lay it on me. We're back. There is so there's no official consistent way of converting or comparing, mm-hmm. but the general guideline is that a hundred proof is equivalent of fifty percent alcohol by volume. Oh, okay. So what was the absence number again? One thirty six. One thirty. So that's at like, least fifty percent alcohol. Oh God. As opposed to like the eight percent of beer. Yeah. But I mean, beer's not strong. Like it's it's still more alcoholic than uh the average whiskey or tequila or rum. Mhm. Is it? Yeah, cuz those are around 40%. Okay. At least the Hennessy I'm drinking and the whiskey that's on the counter are both 40%. Gotcha. Tequila I couldn't tell you, but you're feeling it. So I saw a thing on the on the internets. On the internets, it's like drinks named after books, and it's like Tequila Mockingbird. <laughs> that's the only one I can think of right now, and that that gets me. I I'm, I'm in. That was just so simple. I know it is, but I love it. I'm trying to think of what else there could be, but drawing a blank. It's okay. Happens to the best of us. Let's just move on. Okay. What's our our next alcohol or our next plant or either or? Grapes. Wine. Thank you. Now we're talking. (laughs) Well, this one, I actually, I went and kind of down a rabbit hole when I was looking at uh, wine and beer because I wasn't really interested in the, what's the plant to liquor thing? Like, mm-hmm. how does that work? Because most of it, you're either fermenting it or you're just storing it, you're boiling it, you know. Right. When I started looking at wine and beer, I saw this debate that um, organic versus non-organic and why you should be doing this instead of that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is mind blowing stuff. I didn't even think about when I just consume it. So let's talk about it. Yeah. OK. So. Hold on, I got to figure it out. Well, I learned that there's three steps of labeling for beer. There for at least for organic beer. There is um Hang on one moment. I thought we were talking about grapes and wine. Oh, I skipped over. Do I need to confiscate your drink? No, I'm good. 
Okay, there are two different things when we're talking about organic wine. So, like, one thing is talking about how the grapes are grown mm-hmm. and harvested. They're grown, like, organically. And the second one was about how it's stored and how, like, it ferments and stuff like that. So, Can I ask a question to begin? Yes. Do green grapes make white wine? Yes. Oh, my God. And purple <laughs> grapes make red wine? Yes. I had to look this up because I was like, what the heck? I'm a okay. genius. Purple grapes make red wine. Green grapes make white wine. What makes the red wine? I mean, <laughs> Did we just say purple grapes. What what makes the pink wine? The rosé. The rosés of the world. Half and half. Mm-hmm. Blueberries. Ro- Hold on, I gotta find. Rosé is just the juicing of red grapes and letting it soak with the skin for just a few days, as opposed to a red wine, which would be a lot longer than a few days. Does that mean they're less alcoholic? No, it means that they're just with their skin less. Oh, okay. Because all because all juices of grapes are clear. The reason they get their color is from, is the, from skin the skin of the fruit. Okay. Isn't that crazy? I, it, well, I didn't know that all grape juices were clear. Me either. I was trying to like think about it. I'm like, I really want to squeeze some grapes right now. It makes sense, though. I've never seen non-clear grape juice. And Washington State is the second largest producer of wine in the United States. Behind California? Yeah. Napa? Well, like, I thought about it, and I was like, oh, well, I knew there was, like, a lot of, like, um... Vineyards? Vineyards, that's the word. A lot of vineyards on the other sides of the mountain. Um, But then I thought about it for, like, a year ago. I went on this, like, um, kind of like a nursery tour, or I just went with one of my co- coworkers to pick up some plants down south. You went to Spokane? No. Oh. I could have sworn we talked about that. I've never been to Spokane. <laughs> what the hell? Then what did we talk about? I don't remember. But um, I remember thinking, wow, there's a lot of fucking vineyards down here. And I just never even thought about that. We should try some Washington State wine. Okay. I'm Okay, this is bad, but like I only like to drink like rosé, which I feel like it's just become so mainstream for like a white woman to drink. I'm just like, I don't want to be cliche. I want to be cultured. At least you're self-aware. I only drink red wine because I am cultured. Oh, yeah? You drink wine only from the valleys of Italy. No. But it's got to be red. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about wine. Like, like they talk about all these, like, flavors and aromas. And I'm just like, "Mm, it kind of smells the same to me. Here's what I know. Okay. One, Uh it comes from grapes. Okay. (laughs) Two. Yeah. Red is the best. Okay. And three, when you're describing good wine, I think dry is considered good. Is it? But I don't know what makes wine dry. Does that make wet wine bad? I don't know. What does that even mean? I don't know what bad wine tastes like. It all tastes good to me. It mostly just tastes oh, like okay. juice with some alcohol. Do you, did you ever accidentally drink an adult's wine when you were a kid? No, I never drank alcohol until I turned 19. Well, like, I was like... Because I, I thought it was my grape juice, and it was my dad's glass of wine, and I was like, oh, what the oh, fuck? Oh, I thought it was my grape juice. Such a typical teenage no, lie. No, I was like a kid, a kid, mm-hmm. and I generally thought it. I don't make those mistakes anymore, though. Yeah, now you intentionally get sauce on the rosé. <laughs> okay. So I talked about, I mean, organic gardening for grapes it's just basic you know you're not using chemical fertilizers or like serious pesticides or chemical pesticides Mm -hmm. 
that's pretty common. I mean, there are organic pesticides. So when you're buying organic produce, you're not necessarily buying something that hasn't been sprayed. You're buying something that is relatively natural. Of course, as you should. But the second part to an organic wine, and there's, I guess there's a debate about it in the community, is um, using sulfates to stabilize the wine. If you don't use sulfates to stabilize the wine after fermenting it, then it's, it can only be drinking in within the few first years of bottling and stuff like that. If you do use it, it can just age as long as you want. So what's the controversy? If you can call a wine organic, if you use sulfates to stabilize it. I would guess no. Yeah, but some people want to be called organic when they do it because they're using organic grapes. I'm sure they want to be called organic for marketing purposes. Yeah, exactly. But if you're using anything that's inorganic, then you can't. Well, there's the loophole is that people are or growers are or vineyard masters are <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> is it called. a loophole or is it them just being it's not them being dishonest because they're allowed to have that label those labels are regulated oh well like you can't just print out organic on your label you have to be certified and you can still be certified if you use the sulfates yeah and people are saying you know that's not that's not true to what the label is and you know, and i it wouldn't i wouldn't put it past that like organic labels that that happens in other parts of things we consume where they let things slide and yeah. still label it like I'm that. sure there's like a benchmark they have to meet. You know, like there's a certain mm-hmm. level of I don't know certain 99.8% of mm-hmm. materials have to be organic for you to get yeah. a thing, but you can have that 0.2 that's not for whatever yeah. purpose it needs. Mm-hmm. But then I think like I don't see I wouldn't even know how to tell if a wine has been has sulfates for that fermentation process or not. No, I wouldn't either. I don't think us as consumers would be like, oh yes, I can taste the sulfates in this. I mean, wine critics or professional tasters yeah. or people that, you know, are super passionate about it. I'm sure they have some sense. Mm-hmm. We grow grapes in my yard. And my dad has fermented them and stuff before. And he's made wine? Mm-hmm. Was it good? Mm-hmm. Was it red? It was red. Oh, yeah, because your dad's a man of culture. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you said that while saying you're not a woman of culture. A little bit. A little bit. You also look very offended that I would call your father cultured. No, no, no. I was, I thought you were saying, oh, he's cultured, but you're not. I'm sorry, Brian. She doesn't like you as much as I do. I mean, truly, this makes me just want. Wait, what'd you say? That's fine. What I'm do you sorry. Want? I'm behind. I'm like a you want part. wine. I do want to try wine. I want to start drinking more rosé now that I know that it's like red wine, but for babies. <laughs> Are you a baby? I'm a baby to the wine world. Okay. Well, after this, let's go get some wine. Mm-hmm. Let me finish my next drink. We'll walk across the street. My drink's done. Oh, so is yours. Yeah, mine was done ages ago. <laughs> Should we get another one? Yeah, let's pause the show. Okay. Pause. And we're back. I had another shot. I have some whiskey now. This could go downhill in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, apparently we only have about five minutes before Catherine's dancing on the table. <laughs> oh, if anything, being drunk just makes me want to eat. 
more more dinner. You literally just ate as you were pouring your drink. I know. Because you were snacky from the previous it's drink. It's not the munchies, it's the drunchies. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. I think it is. Like, God, now I just want a fucking churro. A churro would be good right now, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You know what would also be good right now? What? A milkshake? I was I was half thinking that, but then no, that would not be good. That's too heavy. I disagree. A, a fucking McDonald's cheeseburger. How is a how is a McDonald's cheeseburger not as heavy as, as a milkshake? It's probably heavier, but it doesn't feel like it when you eat it. I'm focusing oh my god, both the cats are in here. Oops. Let, let's not uh We've gotten sloppy guys. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hone in on this. All right. Next thing we're talking about, beers. Beers. The one. The 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 the. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. Beers. <laughs> the best of all the drinks. I would agree. I don't know. I just. I, when you grow up in Washington, everyone's drinking craft beer around you, so you think, "Oh, I'm not gonna drink that stupid ass, nasty." Bud Light shit. Like, Same, but Vancouver. Yeah. Pacific Northwest in general is very craft beer focused. It's so good. Craft it's beer is so, so good. But we have different opinions about beer. Yes, one of us has the right opinion. I'm saying that there is no right opinion. And that's what makes you have the wrong opinion. I'm sorry, guys. I have the hiccups right now. <laughs> We're just going to have to push through. I like the dark stuff, the stuff that you can chew on. What do you like? IPA. That's it? It's just too too tangy for me. That's my preference. I also like dark beers, but give me a nice, cold, crisp IPA. I want a Corona and some tacos. We had tacos for dinner. I know. I want to relive it again. We, you should have got Corona. I'm sorry. I didn't want to make another stop at the liquor store, which makes me mad that you guys don't sell liquor in your grocery stores here. It makes me mad, too. It it makes it so hard to just go and get alcohol, to have to go to an additional stop. I know. And that sounds so lazy of us. Well, I don't works. drive. Like, I have to walk. Yeah. So it's another place I have to walk and another thing I have to carry back. Yeah. It's not worth it. Okay. Beer. But more specifically, organic beer. Hops? Well, get this. There are three classifications for organic beer. All right, hit me with number one. Number one, 100% organic. That's it. Literally, like. Is it going to be 100%, 50%, and 0%? No. <laughs> Let me break it down. Okay, uh, let's start with 100% organic. Everything's organic. No ifs, ands, or buts. Okay, do you have an example beer? I don't. I'm sorry. That's okay. Stop asking me for examples. No, I'm just kidding. I have to cut it out. Yeah, we're going to have to cut that out. I'm sloppy when I drink. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Maybe we shouldn't have drunk for this episode. It's okay. We're already in it. We're going to yeah. finish strong. Okay. Number two, it's um, organic. And so the label just says organic, mm-hmm. but it can be um, down to only 95% of the products used that are organ- organic. So 100%. 95%. No, 100% and then just, okay. 100% organic is the first one. 
The second one is just organic. Right. But you said 95% of the ingredients have to be organic. Yeah, to get ju- the just organic label. Right. So our two two of our three classifications are you have to be 95% organic or 100% mm-hmm. organic. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is um, made with organic materials or ingredients, I mean. And for that one, you have to be at least 70% organic. Okay. So there's obviously beers that don't fall under any of these three organic classifications. Yeah, exactly. And then for the for that third one where it's made with organic materials... That means that it may contain hops or the malts that are not organic. Okay. But I wanted to talk about why you want to support organic beer versus non. Okay. Let's hear it. When you buy organic local beer, you're supporting the small business of the breweries. And when you support them, it's kind of known that they buy locally from local farmers. And when you're supporting organic local farmers then you're supporting the environment around you. Because when you organic farm, it's really, it doesn't hurt the soil. Because when you do conventional growing, or what is known as non-organic, then you're applying like harmful, really intense fertilizers and pesticides. (laughs) And so it's just this whole idea of like holistic gardening, taking care of the environment while also still growing things in it. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to save the earth yeah well sensible people anyway but you know it's good to start with the earth around you did you know that you can grow hops here in our area i i I didn't know that but it doesn't surprise me Mm -hmm. it's a perennial vine so it comes back every year and then you like harvest the little little hop heads Mm -hmm. on it so you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about i know i have a couple friends who brew their own beer Mm mm-hmm uh, Nathan is one of them, and I asked him for you know some hot tips and tricks or just some general info, and what he told me was that hops are an amazing plant. And that's it. And that's it. I haven't <laughs> heard back from him, so fuck you, Nathan. Thanks for all your help. Right. Thanks. Thank you for that. Yeah. Good looking out. Mm-hmm. But that's all I have for organic some beer. I'm sure it probably came out sloppy because I had my second shot of tequila, but that's okay. It was a big shot. It was. To be fair, I'll give you the credit. Okay. Does that make sense, like, why you should support organic beer? Well, I mean, it makes sense to support local industry anyway. Yeah. And who doesn't like a nice cold beer on a summer day? I know. And, like, why would you get a Bud Light when you could have a local craft mm-hmm. whatever that, that tastes better and supports the industry around you, the earth around you. I read somewhere that when you support local business over big box stores, that instead of the, okay, so when you support or when you buy things in your community, 10 cents of your dollar goes back into the community through paying the employees who are working in that business. Mm-hmm. But when you do a local shop, it goes all the way up to 30 cents per dollar. It goes back into your community. And that's why you should. 30% still doesn't sound high enough, but it's better than 10%. Well, if you think about it, it takes a lot of money to run a store. Yeah. And paying paying your employees is only probably like half of it. Oh, so that's the 30% that just goes to employees. Yeah. It's not like the 30 cents goes to the business as a whole. Like no, the other no, 70% no. still goes to the business yeah. or the majority of it. The business gets the whole dollar. But when you buy a, from a local business, more of that money goes, goes to, the to the people employees. who actually work for them. Okay. People who work for them and people who live in your community, your neighbors, basically. We all love our neighbors. 
I know. Or, you know, we should. I feel like a broken record, but I'm like, buy local beer. Yeah, you're, well. It's better for the environment. If you buy beer from, like, far, far away, it has to travel to you. And that's, like, gas gas emissions. You're just a hippie. I know. (laughs) You also come from the land of big box brewing. Okay. So, why? I mean, they're your local business. I know. It's like, when I think of someone's like, oh, let's go out to eat in Bellingham. I'm like, so what brewery are, are we going to? Not what food place, but what brewery? Oh, I was thinking of Milwaukee. Oh, I don't even think. I know. They love beer there, too. Which is like where all the crappy, big, watery beers come from. Oh, yeah. But you won't support them, even though they're technically your people. I'll support the community that I live in. So if you move back there, it's all going to be Bud Light for you? No, they have a lot of breweries there, too. I don't know about that. Breweries are popping. In Bellingham, I couldn't. there's like 10 of them. And Bellingham's a small city. Yeah, Bellingham is a small city. Yeah. And the other night, we drove by quite a few. Mm-hmm, I know. How many did we go into? We went into... Zero. That's how many we shit the bed. I know. <laughs> You got to practice what you preach. I do. I went to Colchin the other day. Colchin is the brewery that's a block away from my work. It's literally the best thing in the world. I haven't been to a local brewery in a long time. Shame on you. Well, a Vancouver one. I went to one in Bellingham with you. Mm -hmm. But whenever I do buy beer, it's always local craft beer. Yeah. Because it's the only way to do it. It tastes better. Two, if it's organic, it's better for the environment. And three, if it's not organic, it still tastes better. And ultimately, isn't that what beer is all about? Tasting good? Tasting great. Okay. So you know what wine is made out of? Grapes. Fermented. Oh, actually, if you put wine on a label, it can be any fermented like fruit juice. So like a raspberry wine or something like that. Did you know that champagne has to come from the city called Champagne in France? Really? If it comes from anywhere else, it's just sparkling wine. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been lied to. Yeah, you've probably drank a shitload of sparkling wine and not a whole lot of champagne. I love champagne. Well, you love sparkling wine for I sure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we know that beer is made out of um, hops. Hops and I'm treating this like a quiz, so just start shouting. That's what things I'm, out, I'm getting I'm there. Malted cer- cereal grains and flavored with hops. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay, what is brandy made out of? <laughs> we can't even talk about this one. I know. Oh, God damn. It's distilled from wine and fer- fermented fruit juice. So it's like another step. Really? That sounds yeah. like it would be really sweet. Mm-hmm. And when I think of brandy, I think of more like a whiskey type drink. I have no idea because I've never had brandy. We should. We, we. Okay. What's rum made out of? I don't know. We didn't talk about it. <laughs> it's distilled sugarcane juices. Okay. That, that actually makes sense. Yeah. I've never had rum. Is it sweet? Uh, it depends on the rum. There's spice rum, dark rum, Caribbean rum, which is my favorite. Oh. Which is just coconut. Oh. Oh, man. Caribbean rum and pineapple soda is the best drink you'll ever have in your life. Oh, my God. We should make that. That's what we should have done. Okay. But back to the sugar cane thing. Back to the sugar cane thing. Florida produces a lot of sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. I once had a mojito in Florida, and it came with like a like a stick of sugar cane, and I like chewed on it. It was so awesome. 
Yeah, that sounds like a you thing to do. I know. Like, I would have just left it there and drank the drink. <laughs> and then, like, they, I know that there's some part of the process of sugarcane that they burn the fields. I don't know if it's a part of the harvesting or if it's a part of pest management. Sounds like a pest management thing. Probably, because I've driven past them and they're, like, scorched fields, but it's, like, not a problem. And they just look like wildfire? Yeah, like a wildfire. But obviously in through. control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's sake made out of? Think about it really hard. Soy? No. Good good <laughs> guess though. It's the um it's a brew it's brewed rice. So that's where I came to the conclusion that people are making all of these liquors based on their location out of what they have. What they have available to them. So yeah, yeah like in England they're like brewing those like leaves of the uh, woodworm and then um in in Mexico they're like brewing the root of the agave plant. It makes fucking sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just embarrassed I didn't know. Me either. But I was like, oh, that makes sense that it would be made out of rice. Sake is good. We should have got some sake. And what's vodka made out of? I don't know. What do they got in Russia? Taters. Oh, obviously. So, yeah, it's a mash of potatoes, rye or wheat. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I know tequila is agave. Now you now you know. Because we talked about it. And that's all I have for you. This was a fun episode. It was. I wish that I would have kept your composure. Yeah, a little bit more than I did, but that's what we get for drinking with this episode. That's okay. It was part of the fun. We yeah. went back and forth on whether or not we should, and we decided it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Tremendous. Plus a little liquor. Just a little bit of liquor. It's okay. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see you next time.